Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to A Living Color Abroad, and I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. Please forgive me for the hiatus. I have made it up to you, I hope, with this episode. So, on this episode, you'll be listening to Juanita, who has her own TV show. That's right, her own TV show about living abroad, and it's called The Expats International Ingrams. Now, in this episode, Juanita discusses how she came up with the idea for the show, What it was like for her and her family to move to England, then move back to the United States, and then move again abroad to Taiwan. She discusses how her children have adapted to this expat lifestyle, how her husband has adapted, and of course, how she has reinvented and redefined herself and has found her purpose, or has redefined her purpose for that matter, on what it is that she wants to do with this show and her life moving forward with her family. Hope you enjoy. This is a living color abroad. All right, Juanita, welcome to a living color abroad. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am well. I am well. And so we're going to get right into it, Juanita. Do you please uh, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. I am Juanita Ingram. I'm originally from Tennessee, um, Chattanooga to be exact. I lived for almost five years in London, moved to Indianapolis from there, and then back out to Taiwan. And so we've been living here in Taiwan for almost five years. Oh, sorry. We've been living here in Taiwan for almost 18 months. I get it. It all blends together when you're outside of the U.S. <laughs> um, but I'm an attorney, an author, an actress, and also a filmmaker. And I decided to pick up the camera and document our journey um, of being abroad and people of color and settling in, into change. And so I'm a mom. Uh, my daughter is getting ready to turn 13. And my son is 10. Uh, and I've been married to my husband, Keenan for a little over 16 years, and we still like each other. So there's a, <laughs> there's a miracle in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good for those people not married yet. If you still like each other for 16 years, you're doing something right. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm t- and I will tell you this. Be, living abroad will test your marriage. That's a whole other show. Oh, we're definitely going to get uh, into that. We're going to get into that. Don't worry. I have that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, let me give uh, our uh, listeners some, some um, context behind this conversation. So... It's funny. Um, I was at this beach town. So I live in Costa Rica, Juanita. Um, I was in this beach town called Manon Antonio. And I'm at this fabulous Airbnb that I decided to splurge on myself. Like your husband, I listen, I'm i kind of frugal, but I decided to, uh, to splurge a little bit on myself um, for this uh, vacation. I'm a teacher, so we had the break. And so I see an email. I saw I wasn't going to do any work. I was just going to relax on my break. But I just see an email, and uh, I'm like, what is this? And it's, it seems pretty formal, like, the way the email is constructed. And I see it's, it's a PR rep, right, your public relations rep. And I'm like, okay. And I'm reading this. I'm like, okay, oh, shit. This is pretty cool. <laughs> so I looked up your show, and, I, and I'm like, wow, this would actually be amazing. So I definitely did not expect that email um, from, your, from your PR rep. I'm very happy that I received it. And I'm happy that we got to uh, set up a time uh, to do this. So I just want to give our listeners some context. So okay, so now you have a TV show, which is awesome. And where's this, where's the this TV show airing? Amazon Prime, and that's it, right? 
Yes, Amazon Prime for now. That's it. We are working on some other outlets, but right now it's streaming full stream ahead on Amazon Prime Video. And if you have Amazon Prime, it's free to stream with your membership. So yeah, I, pretty cool. I have Amazon yeah. Prime, and I and I streamed it actually today. And I'm like, this is gold. This is this is mm. this is fantastic for oh, anyone. Thank you. Yeah, for anyone that's living abroad, I, I thought it hit on all the rightness. But we're getting to the show a little bit later. So, um, you have a family. You're originally from Tennessee, but I saw in the show you were living also in Indiana. Is that correct? Yes. So we moved from. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Originally born and raised. Okay. Um, went to undergrad in Nashville, law school in Memphis. So I'm a Tennessee girl at heart. <laughs> but we moved from Tennessee to Indianapolis um, back in 2006, I think it was. Right after we got married, and lived there for a while, and then moved to London from Indianapolis. Uh, lived in London for almost five years. Then moved back to Indianapolis. For a couple of years, then moved to Taiwan. So we were living in Carmel, Indiana, which is a beautiful, lovely little town uh, in Indiana, uh, which is really adjacent to Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we were there. And that's where we were sort of, I would, I swear, as soon as I unpacked the last box, my husband, I mean, everything you see in the show, I don't want to spoil it for Yeah, anybody. don't spoil it. Everything you, I won't spoil it, but it's, this is not, we call it smart reality TV because uh, it's, you know, when you say reality TV, the, the genre brings up different things for people. Yeah. Um, and, and we wanted to know, for people to know that we really are trying to carve out a new subcategory under reality TV, not to be, not that there's anything wrong with what's already out there. There's something for everybody. Uh, it's really cool that, you know, you have a different perspective and different things and something for everyone. But we just wanted to bring something that was different and fresh, especially for expats, because it's never been seen or done before. I did a lot of research and I couldn't find a single unscripted show about expat <laughs> life. I think the closest thing we have is what House Hunters, you know, and that's <laughs> that's 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 a small portion yeah, of what it yeah. takes. To let, like that's nothing. Like that's cute, but yeah, that's not yeah. that's, <laughs> that's not, not expat life. Yeah, yeah. No, no. And I think that's what's so fantastic because I mean Similar to you, I I didn't I obviously I didn't try to do a show, but I was researching if there's anything really out there on people of color living abroad, and yeah. unfortunately there wasn't a lot out there. So I'm like, well, this seems like something that I want to talk about, and thankfully I've been you know uh, pretty successful with the show. I'm in was this will be the the 51st episode. You're number 51. I've been doing this for about oh, a year and a half. that's significant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's so, powerful. <laughs> and it actually interviewed someone that was living in Taiwan as well, interestingly enough. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's awesome. So, all right. So, you decided, let's go back. So, you decided to go to London. How did that come about? Yes. My husband's job. So, I am, you know, what they call as the trailing spouse, which I make fun <laughs> of a lot uh, in the show because, you know, it, it does initially feel like you're being drugged behind a car like roadkill, like you're just, you know, <laughs> along for the journey. Yeah. And my husband's job took us to London, uh, his job promotions. And then we he actually got promoted again, which took us back to Indianapolis. And then his promotion this time took us to Taiwan. So I'm just you know, dragging behind lawyers. We don't, we don't tote well, you know, we, we get qualified in a particular jurisdiction and we like to stay there. Mm -hmm. So the first time I was a trailing spouse, because you can be a trailing spouse domestically or internationally. You don't have to move internationally to move for your spouse. So the first time I did it was from Tennessee to Indianapolis. And I actually had to take the bar exam again. Oh man. So I, 
the whole thing. And I told my husband, in this entire marriage, whether it's death to us part or whatever, you only get one of those. And right now, you know, 16 years in, as much as I love him, I would never do that for him again. He's lucky. He is so lucky he caught me on the beginning, you know, the, the honeymoon phase when you just all doughy eyes. So I would never do that for him. I hope I he knows this. He knows this? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. He, oh, does he? Yes, he does. He knows this explicitly. Honey, we've had this conversation. You don't get this again. So <laughs> he knows this. Uh, yeah. Yes. And so perspective you know, lawyers, I, take was, note, take note, <laughs> take note, because and so being a trailing spouse, depending on your profession. Um, and I was talking to somebody else about this. Uh, another trailing spouse, it, it depending on your profession, it's very hard to have something that is location independent like independent of where you are and being a lawyer is not one of those things so our mm. first time moving to london was very hard on me and i you know i don't want to give it away in the show but we talk about it explicitly because i want other people and other trailing spouses to know that they're not alone in the beginning i didn't even know until I started doing research for the show, I didn't know that there was actually like a clinical diagnosis of trailer spouse syndrome. <laughs> I was reading it and I was like, oh my God, that was me in London like the first 1.5 years of yeah. <laughs> being there. Yeah. And I had no idea that I was going through this because of my um, just sort of being thrown into dealing with transition and change and identity self-worth you know so oftentimes we equate our our worth with our profession and then when you're not able you know nobody goes so I, I did a law degree and an MBA at the same time and then I sat for two bar exams and passed nobody does all that because they don't want to be a lawyer <laughs> exactly you know so it's not like it's not like I was one of these people like who is my ticket out no I like I, I love being a lawyer because I love helping people mm -hmm. and being an attorney is really a service industry so you know you, you're helping people to live out their dreams for start their businesses I'm a business lawyer okay. entertainment lawyer so I was living vicariously through my clients success and and I and I like it. So in the beginning when we moved to London, it was very hard for me. I sat in the same chair for four months. Um I was in I was still a relatively new mom. My, my daughter was three. My son was 15 months old and I was still breastfeeding him. Mm. So you know the transition for the kids the first time was easy. My son didn't care as long as me and the milk were around. <laughs> he, wasn't, he didn't care where we were living. You know, like as long as that's there, we're good. So he, he could care less. Um but the transition for me uh was harder. It really was. I had to sit and really think about who was I? What 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 was I going to do? Um, you know, you hear a lot of chatter and narrative from people who don't understand why you're moving or who think that you're crazy. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of colleagues that were like, you know, and, and I'm from the South, so I'm a Southern black woman. Okay. Mm -hmm. With, and, and with all that that means. So I had a lot of friends who were like, you know, you're going to give up your good job and, <laughs> and quit this good job that you have and follow this man around the world. And, mm -hmm. you know, what, what about becoming a judge? I had desires to, to sit on the bench one day and all of these things that I had to reevaluate my goals and what I was going to do. And, you know, just, having more purpose than just cleaning up and folding clothes mm -hmm. and breastfeeding all day, which is nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you need a little bit more. I, so it was hard. Yeah. That, that's so interesting. I, th I think there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Right. Because again, like what you, what you're going through as a trailing spouse, 
I think it's fair to say if anyone that's living abroad listening to this, I know there's many that are, that are um, you go through this right as any individual that decides to uproot their life and uh, yes. decides to go abroad, right? Especially if you don't like, in my case, I know for many others as well, when you don't know anyone. And like you said, yes. you get questions from your family, especially we're talking about black and brown individuals. And I can speak for only my experience where my parents are immigrants to the United States. And here I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to leave the United States. So for, in their mind, that doesn't compute. They're like, we brought you here. You know, we wanted, we, we moved here so we can raise you here and you could be born here. And now you're saying, forget all this. <laughs> like, that doesn't make yeah. much sense. I, and then I can understand, right? Like you said, being a Southern black woman and being a black woman and being independent, right? That that might mean a lot. And then you're saying, well, I'm going to be a little bit less independent now in, in, the, in, the, yeah. in the eyes of others, right? So I think it speaks right. a lot to the self-worth that we need to kind of create, right? And then and then uh kind of sculpt again, right? Whenever, you know, mm-hmm. whether you keep a job or just the fact of moving abroad, you do have to sculpt yourself again because you're in a new place, uh, possibly a new culture. And you're, no one knows your story. So you're in London. Yeah. I know we don't want to. We don't give too much away because that was part of the show. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. all right. So you're you're in London. What notions did you have in your mind, right? As someone that's never lived there, um, have you visited before? Before you moved, before you lived? No. So we did. Um, we had visited in Europe before. So for okay. my honeymoon was the first time that I actually left the country. Uh-huh. Um, and we went to Rome and Florence for our honeymoon. And I had an inclination even back then. I am a, a very prayerful person. You know, I like to pray and meditate a lot. And when we got married, I just had this feeling like, I think we're going to live in some, in some shape or form internationally. And I had no reason wow. to think that, no evidence of that. It was just something in my spirit, something in my gut. Two years later, we had some kids, and then we were presented with the opportunity to live in London. And I don't think we would have been able to confidently say yes and to really make that mm-hmm. leap had it not been for us traveling abroad first just to demystify that experience. So they sent us on a house hunting um, trip at the time. I think my son was barely 12 months old. That was the first time I ever traveled with an infant or with a child. My daughter stayed with my parents in Tennessee. I had to bring my son with me. That was a journey. And I could do a whole show (laughs) on what to and not to to do in traveling with kids. Um, So we, we saw London to house hunt and that was it. And then we just, we, we just moved. Um, So we got one sort of sneak peek uh, into the area and that was it. And, and then we, we settled there and what was supposed to be like initially to talk to us about, Oh, maybe it'll be two years. And it turned into almost five. I don't regret it. I would move back to London in a heartbeat. It's one of, still one of my favorite cities. Love, love, love the experience, the transition in the beginning. I wish that I had known now. I wish your podcast existed. I wish <laughs> we had, you know, these these kind of dialogues and, and spaces where people can get this kind of information. Mm-hmm. So I think I wasted a lot. Not wasted, because, you know, the journey is what it is. But I, I, yeah, it, it the journey was what it was. But I think the first, probably the first year, I, I could have fast-tracked through some of the growing pains and settling pains had I, one, known that I wasn't alone, Two, anticipated what was coming, mm. and three, had some tips or tools to get through it. So that's where I felt like the show could help. Mm. So let, now let's transition a little bit to your children, right? Because you, you do reference them mm-hmm. a lot, and they are super adorable. Um, <laughs> and what, what are the names again? 
Kinsley. So my daughter's name uh-huh. is Kinsley, um, and my son's name is Keenan, just like my okay. my husband. And they look so much like they, him that I'm like, do. I may they as well. <laughs> I, yeah, like I wasn't even involved. You know, I'm just like. 23 hours of labor with my daughter <laughs> and when they laid her on my lap I looked at her and I and the, the first thing that came out of my mouth was Keenan because I said I was like look what you did I, I just knew they were going to hand me a little mini me and she looked nothing like me she looked like him with hair I was like oh my god They're what have you done spitting images of their father <laughs> yes his well and I tease him a lot he's from Alabama I'm from Tennessee and I just tell him you know I have delicate Tennessee jeans and you just have really harsh <laughs> Alabama jeans and you know, she's really dominant, and you know, oh, and, and I'm delicate. So. so, so how would you describe she's she's how old is she now, Kinsley? She turns 13 okay. in two weeks. So I yeah, saw so a little preview from the show, right? She was in London for she was she was in school, right? While she was in London. Yes. So yep. speaking to her now, right? She's 13. She must have some mm-hmm. memories of London, right? Oh gosh, yes, lots. And, and how would she describe it, Kinsley, if if she was on the show right now, as far as her her experience in London? I think she loved it. You know, I think they both have really, really great memories, um, especially of the school that they were at. I chose to have them at a private British performing arts school uh, in in Ascot, England, where we were living, and they loved it. I mean, she, you know, again, when we moved there, they were really young, so she started school there. She was in nursery in the U.S. She vaguely remembered living there, but really their formative years of education really started um, in in the UK, and they both have great memories of being there and friends. She still keeps in contact with some of the friends that she made in school there. Mm. So, you know, that third culture kid experience is something that I think they both value. By the time we left there, they've been to like 24 countries now, but when we left there, I think they had done like 16 or 17. Wow. Uh, And so, yeah, so we, we refused to not travel you know, because we had kids, and so they, they, we were all up and through Europe. So they've yeah. been some of everywhere, and they remember those experiences. We did take a lot of pictures, a lot of video, and they remember going to to Belgium and doing the Belgium waffle dance in the middle of the street because they tasted a real Belgium waffle and fell in love with it. You know, <laughs> they remember these type of experiences, and I think um, it's made them so flexible and fluid and adaptable to change and you know just really easy going but then also very appreciative of friendship and of different cultures and makes them very open to other people their worldview is so different from mine at mm-hmm. that age because mm-hmm. they've just seen so much and they have friends for, literally from all over the world. And I think it's so interesting you mentioned the, the third culture uh, reference, right? Uh, as far as mm-hmm. those that know, know, these are basically, you know, children, right, of expats that are moving all over the place and it's hard for them to kind of find their identity, right? Because you're moving so much. Yeah. So you're, you, yeah. you have the culture of your parents, but then you're going to a culture that's not of your own as well, which is, makes yep. this third culture, right? So... How would you say, in comparison to yourself and your husband, right? You, you mentioned uh, the worldviews vary, right? As far as their word worldview as being, you know, young children compared to you and your husband being adults. But how mm-hmm. do you think that, do you worry about that as parents? That you and your husband, you know, you are Southern, right? You are from the United States and you are Southern. Those are your roots. Mm-hmm. What would you say their roots are? Would you Do they have roots? 
it's it's interesting because I asked my daughter uh, when we first moved, we were getting ready to move to Taiwan, and I asked her. I said, "Do you what do you feel like you are or where you're from?" I said, "Do you feel American? Do you feel British?" It was actually when we first got here. Maybe we had been here for like six months. I said, "You know, you're you're making friends here in Taiwan. You're learning Mandarin. You know, what do you feel like you are?" Or where do you feel like you're from? And she was like, I feel everything. I feel like I'm from everywhere. I feel very close to uh, the UK and to my British friends and experiences there. I feel very close to my friends in Indiana. I feel like I'm an American. I feel like I'm a little British. And she was like, you know, and I'm, I'm learning Mandarin. I, I don't know if she'll ever feel Taiwanese or anything like that. But <laughs> in terms of, of just feeling um, connected, I think their roots are rooted in the world and which is very different from and it's interesting because I was on a zoom uh not too long ago my high school class we always have uh we always take a trip on our anniversary so we started with our 15 year and then our 20 we were supposed to go to Jamaica this year and this is my high school class and people are often like you still hang out with your high school classmates we're very unique (laughs) I think because we come from Chattanooga Half of them might be my cousins because, you know, it's the South and that's just what it is. And so but there are people that I've known there on on this Zoom call that we were having in lieu of our trip because of COVID. I looked on that screen and I thought to myself, there are people on here that I've known since I was two years old. Mm -hmm. Literally one or two of them, maybe five of them, I went to preschool with middle school, high school, college and one girl is my line sister and we pledged together in college like literally I've, I there's some people on there that I I don't remember not knowing and I looked at the connection and the relationship that we have from that particular type of cultural experience and I wondered in that moment will my children ever have this and they won't have that but they will have something else they have it, deep friendships with people, they'll be the ones that will say, oh, I've got to go to New Zealand next week for a wedding. I'm off to Costa Rica tomorrow. You know, my friend is starting a business and I'm going to this. Their their experience and their connection is far more vast and worldly than mine could ever be. And there's benefit in both of those. Mm. Um, my son, when he came back, when we first moved back from London, his first accent, his first dialect was British. He did not have an American. Both of them had deep British accents. Um, but my son's accent was British. When he gets upset, it goes back to his first <laughs> linguistic dialogue. So so Kinsley is no longer like, Kinsley, get out of my room. It's Kinsley, get out of my room. And when he gets upset, you can hear it. And when we first moved back, he didn't know that he was American. I took him to the pediatrician's office, um, and it was in the hospital that he was born in. And I was like, yeah, KJ, you know, this is where mommy you gave birth. And he was almost six years old at the time. And he looked at me, and he was like, really, mommy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he was like, clutch my pearls, take him in, like, in this place. He was like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, sweetie, here. He was like, so I'm not... I'm not British. I'm like, no, I've been trying to explain nationality to you for the last five years. And so, you know, in the beginning, I think he feels very connected and his friends still hear his British accent come out from time Mm. to time. It's not as strong now, but they are actually 
in the European British school in Taiwan now mm. because that's you know they're that's where they started their education and they feel very at home in that environment. Yeah, so that, that's that's very very interesting. So I'm I'm glad you shed some light on that for for anyone that's yeah. either living abroad that has children and thinking of raising their kids abroad right there from the US or anywhere else. These are things to consider, right? Because you said there's definitely benefits and I think some some could argue there's also drawbacks, right? You're, you're, you're from, like you said, you're a global citizen of everywhere, but you can't necessarily pick one place and say you're from there. Like, exactly. like you, and exactly. your, you and your husband can do that. Like you could trace your roots and feel rooted in one place where they might feel rooted everywhere. And we don't know what that necessarily looks like or feels like, but that's, that's great insight. I appreciate you giving insight on that. All right. So now yeah. you're in London five years, you go back to the States, right? And then you, I, you know, a little preview for those there. I hopefully check out the amazing show is uh, you and your husband have this discussion and he brings up Taiwan. <laughs> and of yes. course, your reaction is very priceless. And I think th these are most people's reactions, regardless if you're talking to your spouse about moving or you're just talking to your family about you going anywhere. So I think that was a very, like you said, real kind of uh, reaction that, that, and I, that I appreciated and I related to um, as far as saying, you know, we're going to go to Asia now, to a continent we haven't visited. So... yeah. When your husband breaks this news um, of uh, you guys possibly having to go to Taiwan because of his job, what was going through your mind? Did you think, oh, not this again? Or what was, what was going through your mind? Oh, it was a mixture of both. It was, um, it was a mixture because I really did feel like I had just gotten settled. I had just, because you're right, like we talked about just a minute ago, each time you move, you have to redefine yourself or I call it reinvent. Mm. So it's like, you know, I kept reinventing myself and reconfiguring and adjusting and landing and taking off and thriving and, you know, having to go through all of that. And I literally had just unpacked the last mysterious random box that was in the corner. Like, okay. And honestly just felt like we settled. I'm, I, and so in my mind, I was like, again you know and I had I had this job and I was assistant general counsel at this company and it was my dream role and I I just started my production company I was doing a legal talk show I was on a roll you know mm -hmm. and on this trajectory that I felt like okay I made it through the first you know area of I couldn't practice law in the traditional way I found my rhythm I found myself again and everything's great and then he comes in and he's like and I also knew Taiwan is no London, okay? And Taiwan <laughs> is great. But when you add in a real language barrier, that's mm. a different expat experience, too. Yeah. So even in London, yes, British English is different than American English, but it's still English. Mm -hmm. You know, if you say pants instead of trousers, you're going to get <laughs> laughed at, but they know what you mean. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, you can still communicate <laughs> with people. That I knew it was going to add in an extra layer. It seemed Taiwan seemed really random. I'll be honest, because I was like Taiwan, um, and still to this day, I think half my family thinks I live in Thailand instead of Taiwan. <laughs> um, but I had no exposure to Taiwan other than being an attorney and being in procurement law and manufacturing. I had negotiated with several Taiwanese manufacturing companies. Mm. That was the limit of my exposure to Taiwan. When I asked, like, what do they speak Taiwanese? Is that a language <laughs> or is it Mandarin? Yeah. I was being serious, you know, yeah, because yeah. I'm like, what is the challenge? And so I was, um, I was taken aback. I knew from living abroad before 
there are pros and cons and it's all about the lens that you go into it with. I love living abroad. I love giving our kids the exposure. I love to travel. So I love the idea of, okay, this is a new continent that we can explore. I really did just want to travel here and visit. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily want to have to live here Mm -hmm. because I knew what that meant too. The first thing that came through my mind though was professionally all the things that I had just established that now is time to uproot again. And that was really the, the thing that was in the forefront of my mind was um, the challenge with that. But there are so many pros to living abroad that mm-hmm. um, I kind of knew that also it was the time to do the show. And I was like, okay, cause this is going to be a real challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if we don't capture it now, You know, it's now or never. I had the idea for the show when we were living in London Mm. because uh, we used to do Soul Food Sundays and it was like a potluck that we would go from house to house. And it was like 30 of us African-Americans living in the area. We would go and visit each other and once a month. And this one time, one family was getting ready to move back to the U.S. and we were at their home in Windsor, uh, London, and... 30 of us, Frankie Beverly and Mays was playing, Beyonce was playing, the kids were running on the lawn, we were barbecuing, we could have been anywhere, you know, we were electric sliding all over the place, <laughs> and just having a great time, and then you look up, and there's Windsor Castle in the background, wow. and I looked up and saw the castle, and I was like, this is a show, this is a moment, more so because I knew for brown and black people mm-hmm. that... We aren't represented and nobody knows that we're living like this. Nobody knows that we're having these experiences. I was just talking to someone else who does a podcast and she was acknowledging that, you know, there are so few outlets to really discuss black and brown people living abroad and to really see that, to see what that looks like, to to let people know that this is happening for us, that we are Mm -hmm. doing these things. And um, I also knew that it would break certain stereotypes because everyone that was at that cookout at that moment, we were, you know, directors, presidents, vice presidents, managers, that the corporate expat mm-hmm. imagery of black men in leadership, black women in leadership that hadn't really been seen on a global scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, other black and brown children being able to see themselves abroad. I hope that it ignites some interest in them to go study abroad when they think about, you know, their educational careers as well. So I just knew that it had never been shown from a broader perspective of expats and certainly not expats of color. Mm. So uh, it hit me five years ago. And then I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then the opportunity to move. And I knew that being black and in Asia was going to be a whole nother conversation (laughs) in in and of itself and truly being a minority because in London, everybody is something else uh, in terms of just the diversity Mm -hmm. that is there. But being here, I knew it was going to be a real diversity experience as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think think you said that uh, very well. I mean, I, I can just imagine you being at this um, at your at this uh, your friend's home, seeing Windsor Castle in the background, it's pretty uh, pretty uh, must be pretty amazing. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you had to experience that. Yeah. But um, yeah. so so now we we spoke about your children, about you. Now mm-hmm. I want to talk about your husband a little bit, right? Because his perspective, yes. I'm assuming, 
is not exactly the same as yours, right? He's, he's his own person. I wonder if he has trepidation, right? Being a father, you know, being, you know, being a husband, being, you know, these these roles that he plays, right? And then being, you know, this this uh, executive, right? Does he, do you think does he? I mean, if you if you ask them, I don't know, but. Do you think there's been trepidation that he's had when he said, we got to go to London, we got to go to Taiwan? Or did you feel like he said, well, these are things we got to do because of my job? How do you think he views that moving, you know, from one place to the other? How do you think he views it? I I think he views it um, extremely positive. I mean, I think he has, and and we both do, I think me as being a trailing spouse has a, I have a different lens and a different journey, Mm -hmm. but we both, when I had the feeling of us having an international experience in life, it was something that we both gave a yes to. Mm -hmm. And so I think he has approached it, um, I don't think there has been any hesitation or reservation that he's ever had about us living abroad. In fact, uh, he had an opportunity work-wise to go to Poland, I think it was, for six months before London, and I was pregnant. And that was uh, the first time, and I and I told him no, because I was not giving birth in Poland. Mm. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, so he's been gung-ho for a while. I, I London was our first time that it, it fit for our family, but I also had very um, challenging pregnancies. Mm. And so I was like, I am on bed rest. Oh, would you airlift me to Poland? I'm like, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, no, honey. Now, so he's always been... 300% on board with living abroad, mainly because he felt like that was a vision that God gave us for our family, gave him for our family. And so he's a very prayerful person. You'll see that a lot in the show, mm. um, which was one of the things that really attracted me to him is that he's very prayerful. He, he gives a lot of thought in terms of where how he's leading us as a family, how he's leading as a father. If, there, if there's any thought that he gives anything is the impact on their experience as uh as children and and their development awesome with me yeah with me he knows i'm i'm he knows now i'm gonna be all right regardless (laughs) (laughs) that's good i mean obviously there's a lot of things to consider like you said it's different when you're you know a single single guy or a girl living abroad like all right i'm going here now you know you gotta worry about you right versus other people right when you're married and, and have children so i think that's definitely takes a lot of consideration right to, to make those moves um abroad and to just like I said, yeah. uproot once again on a final note because you said a lot of great things and so mm-hmm. this is my fi- i always have a final question and i always think about it on the spot so i just thought about this as you were as you were speaking you've done a lot in your life right you have a lot of hats you've worn a lot of hats and you moved to a lot of places so what would you say is your purpose now what, 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 how would you describe that? What, and if you could do that in, in 60 seconds or less, if you could describe mm-hmm. what is now your purpose and particularly with uh, the show. Oh, yes. The purpose of the show, my purpose in life right now is to bring forth narratives that shatter stereotypes, that empower, that educate, that entertain. I want to normalize people of color just being and hopefully encourage people to explore spaces beyond what they're used to it doesn't have to be international it could be just exploring something that stretches you as an individual but definitely we are all about breaking barriers breaking stereotypes 
and just celebrating black and brown people being, whether it's abroad or domestically, just us being. And that I think that's that empowerment thrust. That's why I'm here. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Juanita. I most definitely did. I think just think it's so amazing that she had this vision of, you know what? We should do a TV show because she has not seen something of that nature, you know, when it comes to any kind of media and, or, and mediums, right? For talking about black and brown people living abroad. So I just think it's so cool that she has this TV show and it is awesome. You should definitely check it out. It's an Amazon Prime I saw the first episode. It's hilarious. I'm going to watch the rest of it. And I just think it's, again, you this idea of reinventing yourself or redefining yourself or whatever you want to call it. You When you move abroad, you start fresh. It is a blank canvas. And now you have to paint that picture of what it looks like to live abroad and what it's like to be a quote-unquote expat or migrant or whatever term you want to attach to it uh, for this lifestyle. So, yeah, I think it's, um, it's awesome that she has it. And I hope you enjoy it. So... Again, I want to apologize for the hiatus. I've done a terrible job of balancing grad school, uh, this podcast, and also being on winter break and just trying to enjoy my break and not, you know, work myself to death um, because I have to go back to work and I'm now officially back at work. So, yeah. So, please, I apologize. Um, but I do have an episode already lined up for next week, so there won't be another hiatus. And now next week's episode, speaking of... I interview Kevin, who is a friend of mine who is a tattoo artist. So this is going to be a different kind of show. And he's going to talk about what it's like to travel abroad as a tattoo artist. He has really uh, crazy experiences, amazing experiences, I should say. And he also has tattooed very uh, many, many famous people. Many famous people have come into the shop to get tattooed. So he is, a, he is an accomplished um, artist in, in his own right. And yeah, we just talk about what it's like to be a tattoo artist while going abroad. So yeah, check out check out that episode next week. And as always, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify and any other of your favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. I mean it this time. <laughs> this is A Living Color Abroad. Peace. <laughs>